Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. I'll be happy to join Chuck in his hotel room to do the show. I'm sure he'd be up for that. <laughs> to wake. I think I know the answer yeah, to that. I think I do, too. All right, so you got Army later on today at 3 o'clock. This is Military Appreciation Day in Baumwalker Stadium. Not only here on most of these ESPN Arkansas radio stations and the SEC Network Plus. Excited about that. Parker Coyle is on the mound for the Razorbacks. You have not played a military academy since 2003, since you took on Navy in Memphis. That's been 20 years since you played a service academy. This is the Army uh, theme song here. All I remember about Army is when I said, be all you can be in the Army. So, that was a great jingle. I just got sent four tickets. I know, Tommy, you've got some tickets to to send or to give away as well, so we'll do yeah. that a couple times this morning, I'll give away four. We'll give away four later on this segment, and then we'll give away some more in the second and third hour today. It's going to be, I think the weather, I was looking at it, the weather's supposed to be pretty decent today, isn't it, Tommy? In Fayetteville, which is nice. You've got, let's see. There could be a hurricane coming, folks. He wouldn't know. You're the, you're the least aware person of the weather I've ever met. Yeah, 3 o'clock, 69 here in Fayetteville. That's not bad. No, perfect. It's cloudy. It's not, it doesn't have the sun out. Uh, there's some rain forecast. Starts changing tomorrow, but yeah, you're right. Mid-afternoon, nearly 70 degrees. So, partly that. cloudy and 70. Let's go have a hot dog and a beer and watch some baseball, baby. Be awesome. I just, I, I've never, never... Maybe it's one of those habits I need to create in the morning. I, I do several things in the morning when I get up to get ready for the day. Maybe looking at the weather app is something I need to be more cognizant of doing. You seem to do that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, when you got to make sure other human beings in your house get dressed appropriately, you kind of need to know what the weather's going to be. So. I, I guess I just I throw something on and hope it's not frigid. My cold. wife more has to worry about that because I'm always here at the radio station. But yeah, I mean, I've I've not paid attention and went outside and didn't have a jacket and wish I had, but, uh, we'll get some rain though. Uh, beginning, uh, a little bit later on after the game tonight, there's chance of rain, but it's late in the evening. Then, uh, tomorrow and Thursday, it will be wet, but nice for the weekend, but it's going to be a lot cooler, uh, for the weekend. 59 on Friday, chance of rain Saturday and 58 Sunday chance of rain 54. So your wardrobe for today's game versus this weekend with Louisiana tech going to be a couple more layers. Mm-hmm. Well, and longer sleeves and probably no shorts for this weekend. And I was telling you before the show, I'll be hanging out with some guys this weekend that went to Louisiana Tech. So not only are you going to be paying very close attention to what's happened to Bridge in Bridgestone Arena at the SEC tournament, but we're going to keep our eye on this Arkansas-Louisiana Tech series as well. They played in the postseason a few years back. I can't remember if it was a regional or a super regional. I believe it's a super regional. But I'll have to look that up. I believe it's a super regional. So this should be a uh, a competitive series this weekend. Louisiana Tech usually has a, a good ball club, so just keep your eyes out this weekend if you're either in attendance or you're listening here on ESPN Arkansas or watching it on television. This is not going to be a walk in the park for this Arkansas baseball team. Now, I was unaware of this until Dave Van Horn shared it yesterday. Tommy, it's not Jared Wagner. Apparently, it's Jared Wagner. It's Wagner spelled Wagner. He finally told us about three weeks ago. It's really pronounced Wagner. It's Wagner. W-E-G-N-E-R. Wagner is W-A-G-O-N-E-R generally. Hey, listen. I don't care. How do you want me to say it? That's what you want me to say, Wagner? Fine. Fine with me. Just tell him to say it. Dave had his uh, typical uh, weekly Swatters Club meeting yesterday. I have not 
been to a single one of those. I have been to Mermaids before Tommy, but I've never been to the Swatters Club, and it's packed. Mermaids is I good. I mean, you go every every week and you look. There's tons of people there. Have you ever have you ever gone and listened? Not to, to the Swatters you? Club, but I've been to Mermaids on a few other occasions. And you're right; it is very good. Boom. It, it, but it's a great chance. I mean, these are the things. As you're growing your sport, growing your fan base, they've done them for years. Mm -hmm. It's a good chance to interact with the coach. And usually you get a nugget or two because Dave's pretty forthcoming with information. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's it's well worth your time if you're in Northwest Arkansas to go go to one of those. Yeah. So, Wagner has been on a tear this season. So has Jace Borfin. I think Stovall has had three straight games with a home run, if I remember seeing that on Oliver Griggs' stats that he sent to us yesterday. He's the SID for Arkansas men's baseball team. So they have a, they have some guys they can hit this season. Now, pitching's still a question mark, and when we get into SEC play, we're going to see more of what this baseball team has in its bullpen and, and others. Dave Van Horn, we were talking with Chuck about this yesterday, about him potentially changing his philosophy on starters and maybe, again, you don't want to read too much into it, but how they might have to go about it if the bullpen doesn't, Deliver, but at least the hitting to this point in time has been pretty solid. You just hope it can stay that consistent in SEC play. Yeah, and uh, you know what was the, what was the words he used yesterday? Change our approach. Um, so. Something you know. So what they're doing, maybe who's starting versus out of the pen may have to move around a bit. But they got to get some guys healthy, and they need to do it in a hurry. And I don't know if that's possible with SEC play coming up in just a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. No. So let's go ahead and give away these four tickets. We're going to give away all four tickets. Do you want to do the same if you've served in the military? It doesn't have to be in the Army. or It can be Navy. It can be Air Force. It can be whatever. But if you it is Military Appreciation Day, yes, right? Yes, correct. So if you have served in the military. Active any, or uh, veteran. Correct. Yeah. Any point, 877-377-6963. Three o'clock today, I've got four tickets for you. I'll transfer all. All four of them. They are good seats as well. Again, we'll give away some more tickets later on. Let's just make it caller number three to make it easy. Caller number right. three, section 100 row V seats, 16 through 19 is the tickets I got. Again, caller number three, 877-377-6963. Give Christian your first and last name, your telephone number, and where you're calling from, and I will transfer the, those to you coming up in just a bit. What section did you say? A hundred section, a hundred. Okay, stay on the first baseline. So yeah, that, yeah. Those are those are good seats. Probably out just past the third base bag, maybe a little bit further. So mm-hmm. good view of the ballpark from there. Yeah, good. Tommy, what do you think about uh, Ole Miss potentially looking at Chris Beard? This is from Ole Miss Spirit, which is a on three website. What do you think about them talking with the former Texas? Texas Tech and Little Rock head basketball coach. Well, I saw this last week that uh, he was linked to this job and some conversations have been had. Um, obviously, they have an opening. Uh, what do I think about it? I, you know, I think it's a bad look. Uh, I think it, no one believes that Chris Beard wasn't involved in an altercation with his fiance that got physical. Uh, she just chose to press, not to press charges, which is exactly early on. I remember the day this, this news broke. That's exactly... I, I remember vividly saying, don't be surprised if in the end there is no prosecution on this because the victim doesn't want to move forward with it. It often happens in these cases. Does that mean that Chris Beard, you know, under the influence of alcohol, didn't do things that he greatly regrets? Absolutely. To me, he, from a personal brand standpoint, he needs to sit a year. Ole Miss is thinking, we need a great coach, but how do we explain this other stuff away? I think it's a lot to explain away if you're Ole Miss at this point. There's no doubt. And he, and, and he could rehabilitate his, his image, but boy, that's a quick turnaround on doing that. When you say rehabilitate, does that just automatically mean D2, D3, or group no, of five? It means a year off. Okay. That's a, that's how you approach that? Because mm-hmm. I, I think some will say, well, he just needs to go to a lesser school. He needs to do that. He needs to go the Patino route. And I had someone point out to me, well, if Hugh Freeze is coaching the league, if Nate Oates is coaching the league, why can't Chris Beard coach in the league? And we always point to how important winning is. There's no questioning that Chris Beard is a really, really good basketball coach. He got Texas Tech to the national championship. Texas had a really good team that swatted you early on in the preseason. And they've still got a really good squad. I think Rodney Terry's done a good job there. But 
with, with, with Chris Beard's players. Yes, yeah. with, with Chris Beard's players. But, again, Asami just mentioned the whole alleged, I mean, yeah, I guess you have to technically put that in altercation with his fiance. It's it's put a pretty dark, ominous cloud over what his quick future could look like in coaching college basketball. Well, I don't know that Ole Miss cares. You know, I don't know. I mean, Alabama's proven they don't. I think winning comes ahead of a lot of things. And it also, you know, I get conflicted with the idea that a person was not charged with a crime, and that's also where you're at with Brandon Miller, not charged with a crime, but they also come back to they're still right versus wrong and legal versus illegal and depends on what your threshold of integrity is. And I think we all know that what Brandon Miller did is not of the utmost integrity, and I think anyone with any kind of sense at all understands what happened with Chris Beard and knows that that doesn't even come close to the threshold of integrity and, you know, how you're supposed to behave. But he was charged with a crime, released from his job. They just didn't move forward with the prosecution. Brandon Miller, in his case, was never even charged with a crime. And so, I mean, you can't, to me, and I know they're two separate things completely. I mean, you, you can't compare Chris Beard's situation to Brandon Miller's situation. But I don't know how you could be, I don't know how you could be upset about Brandon Miller and what's going on there and think it's okay for Chris Beard to coach. I don't know how you could put those two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what to think 100% about this. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see if, I guess that's, uh, I forgot the old Miss AD's name. It'll come to me in just a sec. What he ultimately decides what's best for their basketball the old program. FedEx guy there. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember his name too. Michael Barnhart from Mountain Home. Congratulations. You have won the four tickets. Probably should ask what branch of military Michael was in or, or currently in as well. But congrats, Michael. Three o'clock today, Arkansas again takes on Army. And again, most of these ESPN Arkansas radio stations will have it for you later on this afternoon. Again, you haven't played a military service academy since 2003 when you took on Navy in Memphis. It's kind of cool. I would think this would be something that they would try and put together now, hopefully, every single year. I And Chuck said it best yesterday. You don't have many times these schools come down south because, what, Navy's in, is in Annapolis. You're going to – Army's – I can't remember where some West of these – West Point is where West Army's Point, at. Yeah. West um, West uh, Annapolis, Maryland is where Navy yeah. is. At. Yeah. And then I don't know where Air Force the Air Force is in Colorado. Okay. Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Okay. So you've no, got, no, no, no. There's a Colorado Springs. It's in Colorado. One of the one of the it's two. Not Fort Collins. But you've got a couple. Oh, Fort Collins is where uh Colorado State's Colorado at. said the Rams. Yeah, that's the uh Colorado Springs, I believe, is where Air Force is at. Denver is a Tim, uh, Tim Horton is on their staff. Yeah, I forgot about that. There is uh Denver is also a first-round destination for the NCAA tournament. That wouldn't be a bad place. There's actually a decent number of Arkansas fans that live in Denver. I was surprised by that, but actually have some Arkansas hangouts over there when it comes to that. But kind of like you were saying earlier, you just want them to, to get in at this point. What percentage would you say that Arkansas is going to make the tournament relative to the percentage you think they're? Oh, I'd say possibly. they're 70%. Oh, it's that? You got it that low? Mm-hmm. I'd say it's like 90, 95. I mean, why, why I think do you, that's what we want to believe. Why, why do you think it's that low? Well, I mean, tell me the reasons they belong. If you took the name off of it, you took your fanboy hat off for a minute, mm-hmm. and and you just evaluated the resume. Didn't win 20 games, 19 and 12. You're the 10 seed in your conference in the SEC. You had a losing SEC record in the regular season. You go 0 and 1, because we're talking about scenarios where you don't make it. 0 and 1 in the SEC tournament. And you got over here, you know, what would they be at that point? 20 in net ranking. Does that sound like a 95% chance of making the tournament to you? Well, here, here's what I would counter that with. Tommy, if that was to happen, that Arkansas would be the highest net ranking team ever to not be invited to the tournament, ever, in the history since it's been used. I mean, 70 and 90 aren't that far apart, but if some squirrely things happen in these other tournaments, you know, last night you had both favorites in the West Coast Conference make the final by winning in the um, semifinals of the West Coast Conference, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. You don't need upsets in places like that. And in and, and Arkansas, and no projection is first four, last four in, first four out. 
I mean, I don't know how really on the edge of the bubble they are. But when you say that somewhere right after those conversations of next last four in, next four out, they're somewhere probably on that next four list at this point because there's going to be teams that finished ahead of you in the SEC in the regular season standings that don't go, and you finished at 10 and a team at 8 or 9 is probably not going to the tournament. That's why non-conference schedule does matter. Non-conference results do matter. Uh, it's your body of work for the whole year. But, uh, I mean, we both agree. You keep I mean, don't, don't separate the fact that I believe they're going to the tournament. You do as well. I just think it's not a lock yet. I think it's hard to put Arkansas as a lock for the tournament. Let me give you this, and I had someone send this to me yesterday. So, when you look at the top seven teams in your league, you played Alabama, who's won twice, A&M, who's won two twice, Kentucky's three twice, Missouri is four twice. So you play the top four teams eight times in your league. Mm -hmm. Then the next three, you all played on the road. Like Tennessee on the road, Van in the road, and Auburn on the road. No reciprocating game on that. So you could debate that Arkansas had the toughest SEC schedule of any team, and you were laying out the non-conference as well. And I know a team like Vanderbilt, and I don't know who the other SEC team is that's not projected to make the tournament that finished above you because you're at 10 right now. But based on that schedule, based on the non-conference games you were able to get, not just get, but compete in like Creighton, and again, what I just said, Arkansas would be the highest net-ranking team ever in history since this became an institution with the NCAA that didn't make the NCAA tournament. By a, by a wide margin. I think it was like... Again, I think they're going to make the tournament. I just think they, they don't have a complete resume. I mean, they just, you know... I come back to two games. The LSU game on the road the same day you played the Liberty Bowl. What was that? December 28th. Shouldn't have lost that game. Mm-hmm. And then Mississippi State at home. Just won one of those two games. We're not even having this discussion this morning. If everything else plays out the same. I mean... That's how razor thin it can be sometimes. I think Arkansas is going. I think they're a 9 or a 10 seed. Might be better off as a 10 seed than a 9 seed. Yeah. Don't have to play the 1. I think even if they lose to Auburn, they're in. I mean, I agree with all you guys. I just don't think, you know, we want to brush under the rug all these other things that are reality. You know, let's not talk about the fact that you didn't win enough games in the SEC to even get to 500. I mean, if this was a blind resume and you looked at everything, the net rankings, all you got, you, you wouldn't, if this was... A blind resume, you wouldn't put this team necessarily in the tournament. But because it's your team, yeah, well, I, you know, 95%. You know, well, I think you're right. I think I think we're both right. But it shouldn't be this close. That's, yeah. It can. shouldn't be this close. Mm-hmm. We yeah. shouldn't even be having to have this conversation is the point I want to make. Yeah, the, you think about what you were thinking preseason about this basketball team and kind of where they were projected. We've talked about Houston time and time again at the Final Four, and now for them to even be in this discussion, even in this hot water where, and I say hot, it's not hot, it's like mild, mildly warm. But you would like to win on Thursday against the Auburn Tigers, as you did in 2000, the SEC Championship game. And just get that first win back. Because, again, you've lost three straight games, albeit to really good quality basketball teams, two of which on the road, one of which at home, and a team that you already beat at once this season. So I I just think they need to, they need to get that winning feeling back. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to go on a run. I'm not going to be a homer here. But I do wonder what the confidence could do for that basketball team if they were able to win on Thursday, what they could actually do with that said victory. Would we agree, though, that if the league gets eight, Arkansas is probably number eight in this league and a team that probably like Mississippi State, I think they're, That's probably the they're, they're on the bubble. I've seen them in projections, and I've seen them not. And I, haven't, I don't study it nearly as, as strong as you do. But um, there's going to be a team that when you look at them versus Arkansas, and that will be some of the conversation following Selection Sunday that happens Sunday night into Monday with the SEC team or two that, is going to be on the outside looking in is why they deserve to be there more than Arkansas. That I mean, just brace yourself for that conversation. You know, it's not going to happen here because we all want to look past and know this got it right as long as Arkansas got in. And that it, if it doesn't go our way and there's an upset, if you will, with the committee, that will be the conversation we're having is, well, Arkansas deserved to be in ahead of Mississippi State or whoever. You pick yeah. out three teams. I mean... 
it's just the bias we all live with, unfortunately. And we don't want to face reality and admit we're biased, but we're biased. And you look at their resume and you look at the data for Arkansas and it's not slam dunk. I, I agree. I think they're in, but it's by the skin of their teeth in some ways. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we got the all-SEC teams yesterday and the awards as well. Arkansas players, they got voted on there. Anthony Black and Ricky Council, both second-team selections. A.B. also on the all-freshman team. Devo was named to the all-defensive teams. That's the Arkansas connections. Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse were named SEC co-coaches of the year. Brandon Miller took home the player and the freshman of the year. Kobe Brown was the scholar-athlete of the year. Co-sixth man of the year was Javon Quinterly and Antonio Reeves. And then Liam Robbins of Vanderbilt was the defensive player of the year. As we welcome in Bruce Stanton to Pradco Fishing. Guys, what did you think about the awards, the selections, and did they get most of these right yesterday? Nate Oates wasn't coach of the year? He was not coach of the year. <laughs> Coaches didn't vote for him? No, doesn't sound that's like shocking. it. I think I got the coaches right. I, I think that's a great selection stack. Got it done at the end of the year. What they went eight and nine, nine and mm-hmm. ten. I mean, just lost to LSU. You know how that feels like. But uh, it's awful. It, it, I think they got that right. I hate oh, I hate oars. They should just choose one. To me, Buzz was more consistent. What they did was just far more consistent over the course of eighteen games. So I'd go Buzz Williams. I mean, Stackhouse is, is a uh, worthy choice as well. But Buzz Williams clearly. Uh, was more consistent over the 18 games. Yeah, you think about it, they did not lose a game at home all season long. Really impressive to think of that about Texas A&M. Any surprise that they didn't give the player of the year to Wade Taylor and give just the freshman of the year to Brandon no, Miller? No, I mean, despite the circumstances, he's the best player in the league. There's, okay. no, there's no doubt. I didn't think so. And I, I said that either yesterday or at some point last week. I mean, when you look at just on the court, he deserves both. Like, I mean, he's the freshman of the year. He's yeah. the player of the year. Now, again, you have to take certain things into effect. And I think the coaches, like you said, they didn't. They weren't going to vote for Oates. I don't think he's well-liked in the coaching circle. But when it comes down to it, what they saw on the court from a 6'9 freshman who torched many teams this season, it's hard to deny that kid the fact that he was the player and the freshman you of the year. You think they're going to make a highlight reel of uh, coaches shaking his hand at the end of a game but not wanting to, like for the last – Three, four weeks of the season. Miller Oates. Oates. Like, Musk didn't want to do that, did he? Oh, no. And he did the Pearl and them actually embraced a little bit. But Oates does this scene where he, like, shakes his head, smiles. He does the, that was a close one. And you could just, you could tell Musk didn't want to talk. He didn't want to converse. He wanted to shake his hand and and get out of Tuscaloosa. Pearl hugged him because he's the most popular coach in the state of Alabama now. He got somebody that surpassed him. Seems like it. Thank you. That's what he he said. Thank you. (laughs) Because, yes, he did Auburn a lot of favors in in public sentiment with with the way that was handled down there. So, no question about it. Trying to think of that. So, Vescovy makes the first team. You had Zakai Ziegler make the second team. Again, no Arkansas selections for the first team on that. But he did have two on the list. There didn't there wasn't another Arkansas player that I thought was deserving 
of being on here. Is there anyone you felt like got left if, off? Well, I mean, just let's just say it. If if Nick Smith would have played the whole conference season, he'd been first team all conference the way he played. You just you just got a small sample size. So no, nah, I, I think I think they got it right. I mean, Robbins was a really good player. Again, he got hurt, missed several games. Uh, I think that was probably giving Vanderbilt something uh, of notoriety. I, I mean, I thought he was a great player. I thought he was a second-teamer. But uh, I don't know if he was the best defensive player. But uh, I think Jimmy Dykes did uh, Devontae a lot of – Devo a lot of favors. He talked about him all the time, mm-hmm. every time he was on the air. But, but you know d- – in spite of the double technical, he he had a really good year, and uh, yeah, he he dated up. Outside of Antonio Reeves, is there a player that you can think of that Devo is guarding for the majority of the season that you're just like went off against him? I mean, Reeves went off against everyone at 37. There's a reason he was co-SEC <laughs> Sixth Man of the Year, but I mean, he held down Brandon Miller in both games to below his season average, at least in the first half. I know in the second game he had a much more productive second half. I mean, you think about. The other teams that he that Arkansas faced off in, Devo guarded the best player the majority of the game, and most of the time they were held well, in a lot of cases, well below their season average. So I, it's hard to dispute that he's not an all-SEC defender. Well, and you can't really hold him uh, totally responsible for Reeves' situation. I hold him somewhat responsible because if he had been in there, I don't think he has 37, probably has 30. I mean, he had 15 in the first half, but he he didn't guard him the last 18 minutes of the game. We know that because he was in the locker room on Saturday. So I, I'm sure y'all covered the heck out of this yesterday. I didn't get to listen, but the Tommy, you're a ref. The, the first Seaboy elbow, why, why was that not at, at the worst uh, a flagrant one and or a flagrant two? Why was that a technical? Well, if we're talking about the same one, they, they did have one where they'd called a common foul and came back. If I remember right, it was a common foul on the Arkansas player at Mitchell and then upgraded to F1. Shouldn't he have had two F1s with the second one? Well, but you're not ejected from for two F1s. You can have five F1s in a game. I didn't know that until this weekend. I looked at, I actually I looked up the rule, and I was like, wow. That was, uh, I, just, I can't believe swinging an elbow uh, in the F2. Well, I mean, you've watched, you, you watch a lot of, I mean, how many F2s have you seen over the course of this season? I mean, I mean, you I just don't, don't see I, it. I'm just saying. I don't think I've seen a lot of F two right. elbowing someone in the head with the with your elbow. Well, that's that's, that's bad. I, listen, I, I get I get with you, but I don't think when you read the definition of the severity and the I think even the word cruel is written into the rule for F F two. I don't think it rose to that level. Was it a rough play? Is it a flagrant foul? Absolutely. Let, let, let me ask you. But this. when you look at it, it just you, you just don't see F. You don't get replay. If you'd have seen that North Side against Springdale, what would you have done? If you just got one look at it and you saw it, I'm going to put myself in a box here. But if I got a clear look at that, you're definitely calling in high school. It would be an intentional foul or te- intentional. Te- you'd, you'd, you would you would, would you ejected the kid? You, you certainly you certainly would. I think been on solid footing because of the intent of the uh, of the foul. And I think what he's talking about is when he did it to Kamani later in the game. That's two instances yeah. that at least were called. Now he's known for. Uh, I mean, Oscar's a physical guy down low and consistently uses his body, and, and a guy that size and stature, occasionally a, an elbow gets in the place. But the fact that he did it twice, and the, the Kamani one wasn't as, as bad, but Mikel one, I one mean, he early. Could, he but they were going, you got to understand, you got to look at the whole They were going after each other extremely hard on that play. I mean, it, it, let's not act like Mitchell wasn't, mm-hmm. what was he acquired. He throw an elbow to the head. Yeah. But they, there the was a lot of, of pushing and shoving and stuff going on there. But what, what if you'd seen that outside the arena and you're a cop? Well, you're, you know, I, I don't know what is the law assault? is on that. I mean, to say, and I, I think your point's valid, the fact that there, I, I'm trying to think of a game this season I've seen a flag or two, but just because it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean, well, there's no prior precedence we can't call it. That's I don't like, think, I think you've seen plays close to his right. That I understand we're, we're Arkansas, we're all Arkansas fans and you want their best player ejected early in the ball game for something like that. But that he, yeah, later in the, the game, but to me, what I saw did not rise to the level of that act rising that, to, to if, ejection. If that is their backup center, if that is Damien Collins, yeah. he's gone. If, has, if that's somebody in the South Carolina or Ole Miss uniform, Stock Kentucky but on the jersey, they're I, gone. Over since the F2 was put into the rule book eight or ten years ago, I've seen plays where I thought the guy peeked over his shoulder and looked and spotted the guy up and nailed him, and it still didn't go as an F2. I mean, it, you're, it's going to have to be 
obvious, obvious, obvious well, to be just, an F2 ejection. It's just funny that and you it, can that hit someone in the head way. in college football and they can replay it and you're ejected, and then you hit someone in the head with your elbow, they're unprotected, and that's not that's not an ejection. Well, but we're, we're talking basketball versus football. Well, I understand, here, so. but you're hitting someone in the head intentionally mm-hmm. with your elbow. And here's the other point I'll make. That's a again. That's the most. That's the strongest Kentucky player. The guy that everyone knows was the preseason national player of the year in some cases. And if you watch Nick a couple, Nick Nick when he gets a foul called on him will sometimes do the hand clap and get mad and be demonstrative and stuff. Hadn't got a tech once this season. Debo does it. No, he waved him off. Totally different deal. When you have a two-hand wave off, it's automatic. When you said wave off, he does the pump in the fist. No, No, he took both hands and he waved him off. That is automatic see, not I, going to and, you, you and won't this, see a game anywhere where a player does that directed at a referee where it's not assessed a technical foul well the ref's got a problem because as bad as they called that game there's going to be frustration and the, you know a guy that pops someone in the head with the elbow twice is still playing twice. the guy that gets upset has to leave the game that's not right and Kamani wasn't like he get hit and then he just kind of goes down it's not like he got up and tried to fight oscar or anything I mean, that was two instances. <laughs> Wouldn't have been a, probably not a good choice. I'm not messing with Kamani yeah. Johnson. He's a nice guy. He's probably one of the most social, if not the most social guys on the team. You do not want to screw with Kamani Johnson. He's New Yorker. You're going to try and tussle exactly. him. I don't care what Oscar says. That is not a guy you want to mess with. He protected himself on the playground, I'm sure. Yes. All right, that's your Morning Rush Daily Question brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Who are the best basketball teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Well, I thought this was the easiest one. I mean, you didn't just I didn't just follow the standings, but this one's pretty straightforward. I don't think we've had a week yet, guys. I know we haven't. Where Alabama wasn't at the top of the pyramid, and they stay there. Conference champions, 16-2 and two in the league. Stronger record than any of us thought. We thought 15 in the clubhouse when we started in December would be enough, and it wasn't. Alabama goes 16-2. and two. They got the double bye. They played Mississippi State or Florida. Overall net ranking number two. Alabama's number four. I think the only question is which of the one seeds do they get? Do they get the overall number one? Are they the second number one? Which which of the number ones? That's the only thing left to figure out for Alabama, regardless of what happens in Nashville. I mean, I, it probably comes down to who does the best in their tournament. I mean, Kansas, uh, I think what Lenardi's saying, even though they lost, they're the number one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the thing about all these number one them. these number one teams just have, have been losing late in the year. Yeah. They're, they're losing games here and there. Uh, you know, I would say uh, when you look at quad one record and the league they're playing in, it should be Kansas. They're 15 and six in quad one games. I mean, that to me is what the net ranking is most useful for is trying to separate great and greater. Yeah. I mean, that's that's to me how you, you really utilize the net ranking. All right, A&M and Kentucky are on level two of the power, the uh, Pradco Pyramid of Power. I got A&M in the first slot there. Uh, they have risen in the polls to number 18. They finished second in the league. They beat Alabama, what, twice uh, now this year? Is that right? So 15-3. No. Um, and three. Um, <laughs> they've been one. Yeah, it's been one. Okay. in College Station this past well, they, No, they beat Tennessee over there, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, fifteen and three. That loss to Mississippi State uh, proves to be costly. So, I mean, they got the double bye. They play Arkansas or Auburn. Their net ranking is number twenty three. Next to them, I put Kentucky up a notch this week and uh, twenty one and ten. They're playing great ball right now. Twelve and six in the SEC. They got the double bye. They get the winner of. LSU Georgia, who will then play Vandy. So they could play LSU Georgia or Vandy. You'd like to think it's Vandy. And I'd hate to think I had to have, I would think I was required by work or law or my parole officer to watch the LSU Georgia game at the SEC tournament. <laughs> should Bruce, should we make Ty, since he's going to be there, go watch the LSU Georgia game? Should luckily, that be a not work getting there requirement? In, luckily, not getting there in time. Oh, we'll so cut you loose. They, we'll might, make sure they you might be get there giving early. media bonuses to people that actually yeah, show maybe up. So. I got. I was telling Bruce three rooms at the, the Omni or something. Seriously, you know? <laughs> thank you, Todd Rotermel. They uh, they are giving away tickets for those games. They I sent mean, me an email. Could they just okay. do a coin flip. Might probably be more entertaining the actual game itself. So yeah, maybe best flip. best nine out of sixteen or something. Anything, yeah. yeah. All right, so Bama at the top, A&M and Kentucky level two, then at the uh, bottom of the pyramid this week. Tennessee, whose net ranking is three, their record is 11-7 and seven in the league. 
Uh, they'll play Thursday against Ole Miss or South Carolina. They have really spiraled. I know they've had injuries. They've lost some starters. But Tennessee uh, has not finished in uh, the way that uh, Bruce, you, or any of the Tennessee fans would like to have seen. Well, they've, uh, they had a front-loaded easy schedule. They've struggled on the road. I think, you know, they're still dominant at home. Obviously, you look at the resume uh, at home. But, yeah, they, they've struggled they on the, the road. They beat Arkansas, that's for sure. Yeah, they beat Alabama at home. But, you know, the, I think all that said, without Zakai Ziegler, I just I don't see them making any kind of run in any tournament. That's, that's going to be difficult without your point guard. And I guess it goes back to the uh, recruiting. You know, Barnes really doesn't have what you would consider like a 1A point guard behind you had Kennedy Chandler Ziggler. last year, right? And yeah. then he's in Memphis. He's in Memphis playing for the Grizzlies. And you just, you know, and when you recruit one and dones, that's 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 the gaps you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wednesday night at the SEC tournament, we mentioned LSU Georgia. That's the late game. Ty, you should be there in plenty of time for that one. The early game at six o'clock uh, Central, seven Eastern. Ole Miss, South Carolina. Tennessee will get the winner of that game. Uh, Missouri is next in our Pradco Pyramid of Power. They have really finished strong. Um, 11-7 and seven in the league, number 48 in the net ranking. They'll get uh, the double bye. They get Ole Miss, South Carolina's winner versus Tennessee. So uh, Missouri and Tennessee, probably a likely matchup uh, on the uh, on the schedule for what they be Friday. So I got Missouri. You know, Gates in there, was the in number five. coach of the year in the USA Today poll. Mm-hmm. They That's pulled their Thomas 11 said. riders, and uh, I, th- I thought that was well-deserved. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it's any uh, surprise that him and Stackhouse were the best-dressed coaches in the league, and they got coach of the year and co-coach of the year. So speaking of Stackhouse, they get the last spot in the Pradco Pyramid of Power. He certainly made the case they deserve to be a slot over from Missouri, but they're definitely within the top six. They play Thursday uh, versus the LSU or Georgia winner. So uh, eleven and seven, what one eight of nine down the stretch. Net ranking at eighty two is a problem. Uh, beat Arkansas at home this year. That's a you know that, that's a game that gives them an edge. One against Kentucky, uh, what ten days ago or whatever it's been now. So beat Tennessee didn't win twenty beat games, Auburn. but won eleven SEC games. Uh, Vanderbilt are they a problem? In yeah. the SEC tournament. Yeah, they have the most to play for out of anybody. And they're used to playing neutral court games. Uh, Memorial Coliseum is a neutral court. Yep. Uh, everybody fills up the end zone, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, whoever the visitors are. It, it's, uh, it's a true neutral court. Uh, so they're used to games like this, not having a lot of home support. Uh, I think it's a layup, their first game. And I think Kentucky, that, that could be a problem for Kentucky if they don't get their guard play straightened out because Vanderbilt, that's the strength of their team. Yeah. They can shoot the three. Uh, they can D the three. And uh, they play a great transition game. And they're hot. I mean, they're the hottest team coming in. So Kentucky probably uh, doesn't like that draw. That's the last team to beat Kentucky, Vanderbilt. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, they, they have to be the most motivated team because if they can somehow win a couple of games, then – they probably get on that bubble. They uh, need to, for their sake, hope that Frederick, Severe Wheeler, and Kaysen Wallace will not be able to suit up Friday. Now, Frederick played this past Saturday against Arkansas, but didn't play a lot. Those are Kentucky's three primary ball hitters, and they showed against the Hogs they can win without them, but that would help Vanderbilt's ch- chances considering they don't have Liam Robbins for this weekend or the rest of the season. Kaysen Wallace is the one that hurts. I think they play better without Severe Wheeler, they have all year, but Wallace has really become a great player. Mm. They're not going to win that tournament without him. I'd like to get on board with you with Kentucky having some problems with Vandy. I hope you're right, but maybe it's the recency bias of just seeing them on Saturday and the way they played and playing shorthanded as Ty's talking about. I that is their it's the Kentucky Invitational. They're going to have a big crowd there. I'd like to see Vandy beat them, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get on board with that. I'd, it'd be nice though, because anytime Kentucky loses, it's a great day. Especially early, it's a great day. That opens up the a lot of tickets open up when Kentucky loses in Nashville. It is wild how many Kentucky fans. You guys were talking about Reunion Arena, and the and there's such good sports about it. They congratulate the other team when they lose. <laughs> Their fans are so polite. It is just uh, it's it's just really a display of sportsmanship when Kentucky loses, and particularly uh, tight in the SEC tournament. I know that people hate <laughs> Texas fans on this station, but I mean it's A and M football, Kentucky basketball, and Ole Miss baseball fans. Those are the worst fans in sports. It's well, not close. Think about where we're headed with this tournament. I guess 
in a year, we'll have Texas and Kentucky, perhaps both at uh, Nashville, to to have that love hate relationship with. <laughs> that is awesome. They won't think they'll bring you. sweet. Think they'll bring sweet Tom back. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Is he alive? I don't know. I guess if I he's not Tom, alive, that would be I, I don't think Tom. I think Tom Penders is still with he's us. He's still kicking. But uh, he wasn't that old. I mean, he was. He's probably in his seventies now, but yeah. he was younger than Nolan. Yeah, so that would be uh, that'd be a lot of fun. And then, you know, I saw an article this morning about OU. They're wanting to build a a new basketball facility. They've needed to. Lloyd Noble's a dump. Old. But they've needed to a long time. They have had literally hundreds of people at their games this year, not I, thousands. Col- I mean, they've had Col- very Coleman bad Coliseum crowds. and Lloyd Noble will be the worst arenas in mm-hmm. the SEC. And that, that was my thought. Was you know, I hadn't thought about it from a basketball perspective, but OU is going to be at without question the bottom of the heap of the sixteen. No, basketball, yeah, they're yeah, there's good. There's speculation. I, I don't think Notre Dame has filled the job that Mike Prey is departing from at some point, but there's speculation that Porter Moser is going to as a that's still a good uh, job though. Notre Dame mm-hmm. in any major sports a good job. Introducing your choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Military Appreciation Day at the ballpark later on at 3 o'clock. Baumwalker Stadium will be the site where Arkansas and Army take on each other. We already gave away four tickets to Michael and Mountain Home. We'll give away more tickets at the end of this segment. So if you want a chance to go to the baseball game later on at 3 o'clock, you can do so. Parker Coyle, I think, is the guy on the mound for the Razorbacks today, Tommy. Yep, and uh, good outing. going to have great weather today. Weather's going to turn a little bit wet and colder towards the weekend be a good tune-up as they get ready for Louisiana Tech this weekend. That'll be a big non-conference series at home uh, with uh, with La Tech. Yeah, softball team uh, fell to UCA last night, two to one. It was a great pitching duel between the Bears and the Razorbacks, but ultimately the Bears prevailed. You did get some good news for Courtney Diefel's program. Left fielder Reagan Kramer has been named the SEC Player of the Week. Listen to this stat line that she had at the Woo Pig Classic: eight hits. Three home runs, 11 RBIs, 19 bases, five run scores, four rocks, and a sack fly. She was on fire last week. Not the Razorback Invitational, but the Woo Pick Classic. Got to keep those together uh, as they uh, continue to have success. I know they lost last night, but I wouldn't read too much into that. They've got a top 10 program, as the baseball does this year. More Arkansas news this morning here on your Hog Update. You've got the All-SEC selections. Anthony Black was a freshman all-team SEC, as well as second team. Ricky Council there as well. A.B. is one of only two players in the league that is in the top 25 in steals, assists, rebounds, and scoring. Ricky was third in scoring this year, so two guys that had quite an impact. Also, Devo Davis, 
was a all defensive team member for the Southeastern Conference this year. And uh, expected him to be on that all, all defensive team. Uh, you'd like to have a better season to have more representation uh, across there on the on the board, but. Coach of the year, I don't think it's hard to argue. Um, you know, those two guys deserve it. There, there was three or four names. Dennis Gates was one we were talking about last hour. We talked about the first hour as well from Missouri. Uh, there were several coaches that certainly could have been in there. And uh, I think Nate Oates didn't stand a chance in any of those selections no. of getting coach of the year in the SEC. Especially when voted on by Any other year, any other circumstance is probably the only choice people mm-hmm. would make. That is going to do it for your hog update. It is, as always, brought to you by Mr. Sparky. With any malarkey called 888-8-SPARKY. So apparently it is National Cereal Day. Are you a milk or cereal guy first? When you put it in the bowl, which one do you go Mm, first? Cereal, always. I've always been that way as well, but I have seen the opposite way. And I always thought that was weird. Is that weird when you watch people put milk in first before their cereal? I always weird. thought it was it's backwards because what you always end up doing is you eat the cereal and I always have more milk than cereal. So then you add more cereal, right? Or you sop up the milk, you grab and then, the bowl yeah. and you just drink it yeah. like that with the, the remains. I haven't had cereal and Tommy, I don't know how long that was something that I ate as a, a kid. I didn't really much in high school, but I mean, is that something consistently as a kid you had growing up? Dad never let us get anything that tasted good when it came to cereal. Yeah, we always had cereal, but, I mean, like Frosted Flakes has out. But Dad, too much sugar, out. I mean, we never got to pick, like, the the, the cool cereal. It was always it had to be something healthy. Raisin so Bran. Cheerios, uh, Honey Nut Oats was about as wild as we got as a kid. Now, I'm a Frosted Flakes guy when I don't eat a lot of cereal, but Frosted Flakes is about as good as it gets. Cocoa Pebbles was like a treat. If I was a kid, you got Cocoa Pebbles. But, yeah, he was always... I don't know why. That was his one thing. Couldn't have couldn't have one that was loaded with sugar. I that, guess my brother just misbehaved when he had sugar. I guess that was it. Uh, that Teddy, that sounds exactly <laughs> like you, man. You sound like the the bad apple of the family. You go to a friend's house, they'd like Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes. Oh, yeah. You go to like you stay at a hotel or something, you get some at the uh, the breakfast bar. So in, in terms of awesome. in terms of food, my dad wasn't strict on stuff. Like we would, I mean, I could pretty much eat most of the time whatever I wanted as long as I was getting exercise and doing that whole thing. I did. I was a little chunkier kid, and then I started playing sports and lost weight. But he was just stringent upon the uh, the television and 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 the video games and stuff like that. Like we had an hour a day growing up. It wasn't so much food, but we consistently couldn't play as much so when we go to friends houses like you're saying it would just open wide open <laughs> i didn't have any rules. binge yeah. yeah we had these uh when i was in middle school we had these halo excuse me these halo parties where i'm not kidding we play halo for 13 hours straight i'd had about 10 dr peppers an entire pizza and i would binge eat candy as well and it was like the greatest thing ever mm. back in the day but that was not something we were going to do by any stretch of the imagination at our house we didn't even have nintendo when i was a kid Really? Till I was a little older, till I was a teenager. He had an, had an Atari. He had Frogger and you had Pac-Man. He didn't even have Miss Pac-Man yet. Donkey Kong. There was like the, the primitive version of that, too. That are you going to go see that new Super Super Mario Brothers movie? Is that something Dylan mm. and the, the younger one are going to No, that's even too old for them. Is it? Yeah. It's got Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, and some other actors and actresses that are pretty well known. I'm actually going to go see that. That was one of my favorite games growing up was either Mario Party uh, Super Smash Brothers and various other games that incorporated Mario, Luigi, and the rest of the gang. But that actually, the movie doesn't look that bad. It's probably not going to be that great, but I think I'm going to actually go see it. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry!
Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. Arkansas baseball back in action. Bob Walker Stadium today at 3 o'clock. We'll talk with Tom Murphy about that in Arkansas setup in this SEC basketball tournament, which gets going on Thursday. Now, we're going to be live in Nashville. Chuck's going to be there tomorrow. I'm going to be there on Thursday. Cannot wait as we get set for this Arkansas and Auburn game coming up at 6 o'clock on Thursday. So you got plenty of sports to talk about. Hopefully, Arkansas can get back on track as they take on the Tigers. Congrats to Jay Trusty in Russellville, who won the pair of tickets for later on today. Again, Arkansas takes on Army. Uh, Jay is trying to get off work. I think he's going to be able to. So let Jay get off work, whoever your boss is, or whoever the boss is listing right now, so he can go to this upcoming baseball game. Some all-SEC selections. We spoke to this last two hours. Anthony Black and Ricky Council, second-team all-SEC. AB was also listed as the all-freshman team as well. And then you've also got Devontae Davis, who was named to the All-SEC team, and that selection as well. We'll talk more about that again with Tom coming up in in just a bit. I also kind of want to ask him what he thinks about Arkansas's draw. Now, if you get by Auburn, you're going to have to play Texas A&M, which is a team that Arkansas is 1-1 against this season. And he'd like to say that uh, there would be an opportunity for the Razorbacks to, to get a little revenge based on how the last game concluded in College Station. There's a chance for that to happen, but you got to beat Auburn on Thursday night. Other notable news, if you're a Saints fan... You got your quarterback, Derek Carr. Guess didn't want to be a New York Jet because they were waiting on Aaron Rodgers and not just him. And now it looks like he's going to be a New Orleans Saint for... The Saints. I know one of the guys that cares about that because it's now in his division is our own Tom Murphy. Tom, what do you think about Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints and how that affects your Falcons in that division? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Well, I mean, David Carr's had his big days in the in the NFL, and he's still got some tread on his tires, but it's not like, you know, Drew Brees coming back to the Saints in his prime. So <laughs> we'll deal with it. You know, the Saints, credit to them. They've been a pretty strong organization, or they were all the years under Sean Payton. And um, we'll see. I mean, I like the way my Falcons battled back against the odds last year, so it should be a good battle next year. It's a big week for SEC basketball, Tom. And before we get into the tournament action, I want to ask you about the All-SEC selections, Arkansas with three of them. What did you think about the awards, most notably the coach and co-players, or excuse me, the player of the year and co-coach of the year that were divvied out yesterday? Well, exactly what you're getting to is, you know, the debate over what do you think of Nate Oates, his handling of the uh, the situation with his team that was involved uh, in the Janae Harris situation, and the fact that Brandon Miller continued to play. You know, the incident was on January 15th with the murder, and... Um, Nothing happened at the time, and then when the public uh, became aware of the testimony that the handgun was was in Brandon Miller's vehicle, um, then, you know, basically it outcried. And so I think it's a good debate whether or not he should have been. Like, And and the the coaches just decided then, A, you know, uh, not so much on Nate Oates. Um, and, And, you know, honestly... If in a coach's mind, you could say, well, Buzz Williams' team was picked way down, and Jerry Stackhouse's team has won eight of their last nine. They're legit candidates to win Coach of the Year. And so I think you can, in your mind, you can rationalize those two guys. Now, Miller, I've talked to a lot of guys in the last week about Brandon Miller, and the thing is this. There wasn't any other super standout guy from one of the best teams. Like, you could say, Wade Taylor A&M. Well, was he really the best player in the league? He's a really good player. I like him. I like Tyrese Radford about as much at, at A&M. But what about the other contenders? You know, Tennessee, nobody had super stats. You see Santiago Vescovi on the first team, but he wasn't the best player in the SEC. Oscar Shibway, I don't think he deserved to be 
uh, repeat winner of the most valuable player in the SEC. So Brandon Miller, I think, was the best player in the SEC. So it came down to what you thought personally of him and his his decision as a teenager to, to do what he did. The coaches obviously were okay and did that. And then the writers, uh, the AP poll, will come out today, and we'll see what they do. You know, it's interesting. It's a reverse of how it used to be when the um, the AP voters in football could vote for teams that were on probation, like Auburn in 93, and there's many other examples. Mm-hmm. And the AP voters weren't restricted from voting for teams, and they did. And now in this case, um, you know, there's not a restriction on voting for Brandon Miller, and 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 then the coaches did it. And what will the will, will the writers have a more strong statement today than the coaches? And we'll find out. Tom, you mentioned this, the overall players in the Southeastern Conference. When you look at some of these teams and what they have, is there anyone that you're really confident in heading into the SEC tournament outside of Alabama? Well, I mean, A&M has proven it. Um, I've done a couple of notes during the course of the year uh, in my weekly report that at the end of last year, you know, when they beat uh, Arkansas in the tournament, got to the championship game, I think they won maybe four of the last five or something like that. And now this year, here they are. Um, how many conference losses did they have? Was it three conference losses? Yeah, Arkansas. So, yeah, three. Yeah, so they won 15 out of 18. And then at the end of last year, it was like the last four or five. So they're on an incredible tear against SEC competition. And, you know, they don't, they're not super impressive offensively, but – they're really tenacious defensively. They rebound well. They 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 are connected. And I I looked at the Texas A&M side, uh, you know, post uh, beating Alabama Saturday, and you see quotes from Buzz Williams and players just about how they're a connected team and they love each other. And and I do think that stands for something. I, same things can't come out of Missouri after their win over Ole Miss. Uh, but I, I like A&M's the components of their team. They look to be relatively healthy. You know, you worry for a team like Tennessee, um, still trying to get over Zakai Ziegler's injury. Will they have the guard depth? And at this stage, I'd say I, I, that's questionable. Um, and otherwise, I mean, Kentucky's rounding into shape, but they've got to get a, a true point guard back. I was in their postgame Saturday, and John Calipari mentioned that they kind of played positionless basketball, and what you just saw was a lot of cutting and screening on the perimeters and, and it wasn't like one guy's job to, to bring the ball up. It, it moved around. And so um, teams that have really super guard play could give Kentucky problems with ball handling as they move forward. But, um, but, but they're a team that could win tournament games as well. And then, you know, Arkansas. I think if the components come together, um, they rebound well. And, and to me, they got to just get their big men back into the scoring deal. Then, then they would have a chance to be uh, a, a a team you worry about in the postseason. What's happened with the Mitchell twins, Tom? We're talking with Tom Murky of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Their impact has not been there the last few games. You know, I don't know if it's a direct result of Nick Smith being back and then just less opportunities, but when Arkansas was kind of rolling there for a, a couple of weeks, it was those guys were setting picks and then rolling to the basket, and th- there was some uncontested dunks and things. And Makai Mitchell's had his moments of, you know, scoring the first six or eight of Arkansas's first 10 or 12 points in many games. And uh, I, I think uh, it's incumbent upon Arkansas to find ways to get them going earlier because neither one of them has been uh, much of a big score in recent games. Uh, I know that uh, Mikael Mitchell scored 10. It was the game he made the jumper from the free throw line. Um, and I can't remember if it was Georgia or Florida or w- one of those games, but they got to they've got to get back to getting those guys involved. I think it helps them on the defensive end with their shot blocking and and also Jalen Graham. You've got a scoring weapon on your bench. Yes, he's not a uh, defensive uh, strong point, but there might be some game where you need to outscore someone, and he's got more low post moves uh, than anybody who's been around in a while. He. <laughs> I've never quite seen a guy with a combination uh, at his height, 6'9", kind of skinny, that's got scoops and one-handed 
you know, push shots and all kind of little baby hooks. It's, it's really fun to watch him play offensively. So you mentioned A&M being a team that can maybe make some noise, and you're talking about Arkansas kind of coming together. What do you think of the Razorbacks' draw, not just against Auburn Thursday night, but they're set up the rest of the way in Nashville? Um, well, you know, you're going to have to go through tough teams, and so they're in the uh, 7-10, which puts them against um, A&M, right? Second? Yeah. Correct, yes. Um, so... Auburn game, you know, that was one of the, so early in the season, in the conference season, and it was one of the games where they got behind and they didn't really catch up too well. So the Razorbacks will be laying for, for uh, Auburn, which has been an up-and-down team in recent days. Um, I think Arkansas, um, and I saw on your program notes, they played the toughest schedule in the SEC. They just did. They, they played all four of the teams that got double buys Twice. Isn't that wild? No one else did that. And, yeah, and um, so they, I, I just think that on a different subject, uh, they're a tournament. They're an NCAA tournament team. Their their net ranking is 18. Their strength of schedule is three. They've had the injury component, and I think they're a like a marquee type team that the selection committee wants to, to put in the tournament. Yeah, I think the the past success that they've had has really helped them on that. All right, Tom, one more basketball question, but not what's going on in Fayetteville, what's going on potentially in Oxford, Mississippi. Chris Beer reportedly from Ole Miss Spirit is being talked to by their administration. Uh, Keith Carter, who's an Arkansas guy, uh, about their potential head coaching vacancy. Is that a wise move for Ole Miss to hire Chris Beard and everything that goes along with him? Well... For starters, as a head coach of your basketball team, your team is better. Uh, your team has a personality, and that's toughness. Uh, we saw what Texas did to Arkansas in the exhibition game. Probably a really good wake-up call for the Razorbacks back then. Um, I just think that the people who make the decisions have to determine, you know, are we okay with this? You know, what? I know those charges were dropped, but he's, a, he's an intense guy, and um, – it wouldn't surprise me if Chris Beard and his people have said, you know, I've I've gone to counseling or what have you, and I'm I'm ready to go. And if if they uh, if the people who make the decisions are okay with who they feel Chris Beard is as as a person, then um, certainly Ole Miss's program would be a, a stronger you know uh, entity than they were this season. Talking with Tom Murphy this morning, Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, let's go to Baumwalker Stadium in about, what is it, eight hours, seven hours from now, we'll get Arkansas and Army taking on each other. Parker Coyle on the mound today. Uh, Midweek game-wise, I know people always enjoy these. We gave away some tickets earlier in the show. The fact that you haven't played a service academy in in 20-some-odd years is pretty cool. Uh, What do you think about Army coming into town today, Tom? Yeah, I think it's wonderful. They're going to have Military Appreciation Day, a supersized flag. They're going to have some veterans out there. Probably a, they're going to honor the military, and uh, Arkansas is going to have camo caps. So oh, cool. that's all cool. Um, now, as for, as for gameplay, you know, I, I asked Dave Van Horn yesterday what he'd like to see out of Coil, and he's like three or four innings max. Challenge, make, make the hitters be challenged, okay? Come at him. He, he says that um, when Coyle has pitched in recent games, he comes in and he's not pitching, you know, freely, just letting the ball go. And he starts out with his velocity around 86. And then after he settles in, you know, a few batters, he gets it up to 89-90 where he's supposed to be. So um, it's a confidence thing. I mean, Zach Morris, uh, Dave Van Horn mentioned yesterday that he was a little sore and maybe, you know, how much have they talked about that before? And so they've got to get Zach Morris back going, but, but it's clear if they're going to be without Cody Frank and Brady Tigert for a while, that other pitchers who you, you might not have counted on for as much have got to come through. And this is great opportunity for Coyle. I mean, Dylan Carter, uh, a couple other guys, Cody Adcock pitched better on Sunday. Um, 
they've got to find ways to be able to use more pitchers. Doors wide open. It's just a matter of who opens yep. it and takes it. Tom, we appreciate your time this morning, man. Enjoy the baseball game later on today. Big basketball week, not just for Arkansas, but other SEC and other conference teams. And we'll see what happens on Selection Sunday, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. That's good, man. Spring football coming, too. See y'all. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.